Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. Oh, come on, Christ, let him lift. Lift it up in this place. If you believe that they follow, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wreck like you, like me. Oh, somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. His grace. His grace, oh, His grace is free, and He freely pours it out for you. He freely pours it out for me. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all got to pray for your boy, man. Come on, y'all. Bless the Lamb. Bless the Lamb. Well, I love that song because it goes so perfectly with what we're going to be talking about in God's Word today. Because, see, in that song we sing, Amazing Grace how sweet the sound that saved you. From what? From whom? Well, I'm glad you're in the house of God today. We're going to answer that. Everybody online like, what, what you talking about, boy? Man, crazy. Well, God bless. Well, hey, listen, good morning, church family. My name is Al Williams. I have the privilege of being the downtown campus pastor located in Coral Gables right now. Pray for my peoples, man. God bless. We were, we were, we were setting up this morning, and uh, there's a carnival happening on the Miracle Mile. So there's shots in the front and church in the back. God bless. If you walked into our church right now, there's no free beer there. Yep, just, just Jesus, people. Love you. God bless. Glad you're here. <laughs> but then also, man, I have the privilege of being on the teaching team and uh, standing with the other giants here as well. What an honor and a privilege it is. Well, today, you guys know we're in a series that we've called The God Who Sees. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is just that, the very judgment of God. God bless. I know. You know, Pastor Rick says, you know, uh, it's going to come off a lot like teaching than preaching. This is just a straight karate chop right to the throat. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. So if you could, please turn in your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 18. And just right now, I want to read verses 20 and 21. And y'all know me. The student guy in me has not died. Still alive. Rick, what up, baby? Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, but the student guy in me has not died. So there is crowd participation involved. Amen. So nice and loud and slow and together. Two words we're going to have together. So here we are, Genesis chapter 18, starting in verse 20, and it reads as such. Then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is ready. One, two, three. Very great. Beautiful. Try it one more time. One, two, three. 
Their sin is very grave, my Lord and my God. Boss talk here. <laughs> Verse 21. I will go down and see whether they have done all together according to what the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. I love that. Well, if you're taking notes in here today, very simply, I want to call this the God who sees the judge of all the earth. Across all of our campuses, can y'all just repeat this with me? Say, the God who sees, God who sees. the judge of all the earth. Well, this is a heavy subject, and we will need God's help to understand this. Amen? And to redeem what happened at 9 a.m. I'm playing for us. Here, let's pray now. Lord, we're so thankful for your word and the clarity in your word. I ask right now, Lord, for those who are listening online, uh, whether it be through podcasts or they're watching on YouTube, those across all of our campuses, and right now, Lord, those who have the heavy heart, I ask that you would remove that burden and those who need to come to know you, that this would be the day of salvation for them today, that today would be the day that they escape the wrath of God to come. Be with us now. Lord, I do ask now that you would guide my thoughts and govern my words so that the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight. Oh, Father, please, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us now, for your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen. Well, amen and amen. Church family, you may be seated in the house of God. <laughs> well, as many of y'all know, I feel like I do this all the time now, but as many of y'all know, me and my Mookie, we had our little girl, Adelie. Come on, Adelie. Bless him. Bless him. Yes, my wife's Italian, for those of y'all who don't know. And yes, I have to keep my ID on me when I'm walking out on the street, just me and my baby, right? <laughs> like, boy, that ain't your baby. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> look at the little homie, dog, looking like Bad Bunny's cousin, bro. You got to pray for him. <laughs> Where's the party at, bro? That's what she look like in that picture. That's my homie. But uh, listen, man, a couple weeks ago, my daughter, she's five, almost five months old now. And a couple weeks ago, if y'all were here, Pastor Omar, he talked about his son when he was, uh, uh, my, what up, Chip? Y'all got to pray for me. See, I'm too, too ADD. But uh, hey, so, so my pastor, uh, Omar, he's there and he's talking about his son. And he said when his son was at five months old, he said that he slept sometimes 10, 11, 12, 13 hours a night. That ain't my story, bro. That ain't my story, Nigel. I can't lie. I threw my, I threw my shoe at the TV when pastor said that. I'm like, wait, what? No, I'm playing. I'm like, let me get some of that favor. That's not the story with our daughter. So our daughter, she wakes up two, three times a night. You know what I mean? We got Grandma Dukes in town. She's in the back right now with the baby right now. Yes, God bless. Blessing us mightily, mightily, mightily. But um, so anyways, uh, but one of the things that I'll do, because I, I got to say, I have this great blessing in my life where I only need three or four hours of sleep to function. But here's the problem is when I sleep, you can burn down the house, rob me, stab me. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. So if a baby's crying, I'm not hearing that. You see what I'm saying? So one of the things then that I do is, is I'll stay up uh, throughout the night to bless my wife because we, we both work. You know what I'm saying? And uh, she works in the hospital, and that's just way more strenuous. You know, I just feel like, so I stay up, you know? And so uh, I'll stay up until sometimes 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And so one of the things that I do, if I'm not working on the sermon, one thing I love to do, I love to watch documentaries or a biopic. And my mom, she's the same way. I guess that's where I get it from. And so uh, she's told me about this one called The Impossible. Anybody heard of this? And then my mom, anytime she tells me a movie, I got to brace myself because I know I'm going to cry. I'm like, girl, I'll make a thug cry right now. <laughs> but, but this movie, The Impossible, 
is based on a true story. It's about an event that took place in 2004, and uh, the real family, Dr. Maria Belen and her husband, Enrique Alvarez, and their three boys had planned on taking a beautiful family vacation for the Christmas holidays during 2004 to this brand new beautiful resort called the Orchid in Thailand. And so they're there, and it's gorgeous. First day, wonderful. Second day, wonderful. They're having a great time. But the third day was the event that was shocked. Amen. That's that baby back there. She feeling. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's all good, Pop. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but on the third day, Dr. Maria found herself sitting poolside, looking at her husband and three boys enjoying the pool. And then she said this moment that would change her life forever. She said she saw what looked like a black wall coming toward her and her family. And if you all know this story in time and location, what happened, it was not a black wall. It was a giant over 200-foot tsunami wave pouring down over Thailand. And if you remember, it knocked out 11 other countries, killing over 200,000. And when that ocean had, when that wave had hit Maria, Dr. Maria and her family, she was instantly separated from her family and everything. And she thought in that moment, this is when it all ends. But would you believe it? Dr. Maria then finds herself tumbling in this water and tumbling as the water is subsiding. And she actually gets a hold of one of her sons. And so she has her baby, she has one of her boys, and she, uh, the water then subsides, and man, praise God, she was brought to the hospital after surviving such a calamity, after surviving the wrath of this wave and this traumatic event, and not knowing if she would see her husband and other two boys ever again. There in this hospital, survived this calamity. But then would you believe it? Two days later, her husband and her other two boys miraculously survived as well and ended up in that same hospital with them. And they were then reunited together as a family. Isn't that a beautiful story? Yes. But here's what I want to point out. And here's why I'm telling this story is because this family was just enjoying life, and maybe they didn't enjoy it to the fullest, or maybe didn't enjoy family to the max like that, but after they had experienced the, the wrath and the, of this wave and this calamity that happened to them, it gave them such a deeper appreciation for life and family. Wouldn't you agree? After they had survived this crazy calamity, after experiencing this calamity, it gave them a deeper appreciation for family and life. And church family, I want to bring that to where we're talking about with our teaching today, because can I tell y'all in here, there's not, there's not a natural disaster that is awaiting us, but it is a calamity. And you know what it is? The white throne judgment seat of God, where he will judge every man for every deed that they've done. And here's the calamitous part. If you do not have the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your life, Judgment is then upon you. And so here's the big idea that I want us to know and understand that God's judgment is even at the basis of our gospel. Here's the big idea is that you and I, we cannot fully and truly appreciate the wonders of God's forgiveness until we understand the gravity 
of his judgment. Let the church say amen. It's true. And we're going to answer it. Don't worry. But remember, amazing grace, how sweet this sound that saved, right? And we'll explain all that. But uh, so, so that's the big idea. And so maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering, or maybe you're in your car, you're watching online. Maybe you're across one of our campuses right now. You're like, okay, young chocolatey boy, I get it. God's judgment. I don't understand how none of that works. God's judgment and forgiveness, what that is. And then maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering, well, am I under judgment? And if I am, how do I get out of it? Well, these are all great questions, and I'm glad you asked, and I'm glad you're in the house of God. Shout out to everybody on the Miracle Mile who walked in there for the free beer. Yeah, right? Right? I'm glad you're here. We're going to answer these questions today. But before we run through and really talk about the gravity of God's judgment and, and really understanding and accepting his forgiveness, you need to first and foremost understand this. Everybody write this down as point number one, is that we serve a God who keeps his promises. Let the church say amen. amen. We serve a God who keeps his promises. Here's where I'm getting this from. Everyone go back to our text in Genesis chapter 18. Do me a favor, go up a few verses to verse 16. It says the men were uh, set out from there, and we're going to learn more about this, but you'll see, remember, uh, these three men show up to Abraham's home, and Abraham then uh, feeds them, and then uh, uh, the, the one man says, hey, how's your wife? Where's that baby? She having that baby? And remember, Sarah's in the back, ho, 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 no baby. I'm 137 years old. That's really not how old she was, but you know what I mean? She was older. It's like, boy, I have no, I have no baby. And remember, oh, I'm going to fulfill a promise. So first she delivers the promise, or he shows up to say, you're going to have a baby. And then after that happens in the meal, they then start walking. That's where we are. And so they're walking, and it says the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. And the reason I just points that out is because uh, uh, in the Hebrew culture, uh, especially in those times, it, it, this was like above and beyond hospitality because you're meeting your guests. So remember, Abraham ran up to them, he brought them in the house, he fed them, and now he's sending them on their way. He's walking with them. This is very customary. It's just showing Abraham's humility and hospitality. Y'all tracking? Oh, man, everybody at the row is making fun of me. I said I wasn't going to stop saying, I'm going to stop saying y'all tracking with me, but keep praying for your boy. All right, love y'all at my peeps. But uh, okay, so then here's what happens next, verse 17. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And you have to point and underline this. Pastor Omar talked about it, but that word, the Lord there, this is God's covenant-keeping name uh, to my Hebrew brothers and sisters watching online, the tetragram name, right? Adonai, but this is Yahweh, but this is God Almighty. This is the judge of all the earth and the one who has the power to even grant forgiveness who is now talking with Abraham. Y'all with me? That was better than y'all tracking. (laughs) So then here's what he says. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Here it is, verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. Here's what he's saying. For I have chosen him, Abraham, that he may command his children and his household to do what? To keep after. Yes, yes. To keep after uh, him and to, uh, and to walk in the ways of the Lord, listen, by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring Abraham to what he has promised him. You see, God's showing up and he goes, and I just imagine, I mean, Abraham and God have had this relationship for a while. And so now here they are, they're walking and he just stops and he goes, should I hide from you what I'm about to do? I mean, I'm making you a great nation. You are, you will, all the nations will be blessed because of you. The, 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 the chosen one will come from you. Should I hide from you what I'm about to do? I'm going to keep my promises to you. Let me 
Just keep it real with you. I love this portion because God keeps his promise to Abraham, doesn't he? Yes. He has that baby. And is it, I mean, look at us today. We're talking about Abraham. He is blessed. All the nations are blessed by him. But let me take it all the way back further for us because we serve a, a promise-keeping God all the way back in the Garden of Eden. When man fell, what did God say? I will send a Savior. And praise God when you get to the New Testament, who's there? The Savior. Church, you need to praise God that you serve a God who keeps his promises. Could you imagine if he's like, I'm going to send a Savior? And then it's like, bro, nothing ever happened. And I love that truth. But looking at that same coin, God promised to send a Savior. But can we go back to the garden again? Because you remember after he created Adam and Eve, what did he say? Everything in this garden is yours, except this one. And the day that you eat of this tree, you will die. Anybody know where Adam and Eve is today? Dad. He kept his promise. And then when it comes to the New Testament now, God says that Jesus is our free offering and anyone who rejects that free offering has to receive judgment. He keeps his promises, good and bad. Y'all tracking with me? That's the base. You want a God who keeps his word, amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody been there and know somebody who, who breaks their word? Yeah, yeah. I can't lie, I am, the, I am the friend who breaks it all the time for hangouts, especially now with the baby, you know. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm going to be there. And then I see my daughter, and I'm like, bro, I'm going to stay home. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang. Pray for me, right? Except for golfing with shit. I love that. But, uh, but, uh, but so then, uh, but I, to help us out with a, and make this a little more palatable, um, on, on we serve a God who keeps his promises, good and bad. It makes me think about my parents. So right now I got Dukes in the back, you know, and, uh, and I remember, dude, we were little kids and stuff. I remember my parents, we bought land, and so my mom, she's like, she's getting there, and all the boys were on the land, and we're like, Mom, there was a fun place called DZ Discovery Zone, you know. Mom, let's go to DZ Discovery Zone, and she'd be like, boy, we out here, I'm trying to figure all this out. No. And then she'd be like, ah, Thursday we can go. You know, parents have been there like, ah, next week. But let me tell you, my mom was like, ah, Thursday we can go. Guess what happened on Thursday. I was at DZ Discovery Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then my mom also had a rule uh, that, uh, especially when we got older, whenever we went grocery shopping, my mom would hand me the grocery list, me and my brothers. Read it to me, boys. Laundry detergent, milk. You know, and then she'd do this. Do you see toys on there? No. You see candy on there? No. Don't, come on, Roxy, don't do that. You bet not. And you know what she said? If you grab them things, we're going to the car. And you know when you go to the car, it's on, you know? You're looking at random strangers like, save me. <laughs> but let me tell you, my brother, my brother without fail, always. Look at this, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The shopping cart, everything, mom. Come on, boys. You're like, man, we finna die because of you now. But she kept her promise. And I think about my dad. We call him Doc. My man, Doc. Love you, bro. Pops, man. And he's the same way. My dad ran his own businesses. My parents were very busy. And uh, dad, I was playing football and all this stuff. And he'd be like, hey, I'll be there. 
We had a buddy that we adopted into our home. He was a basketball star. We paid for everything. We paid for this man. My dad paid for all this stuff. And he would be at basketball games. This ain't even his son. And he would show up for us and everything. My dad say, hey, I'm there. He would be there. If he had to shut down the office early or whatever, he would be there. But then there were those times, too, when I was young, he'd come home and be like, hey, man, you know, your mom told me about what happened last night, you know. I don't want to, son, but I need you to know, you know, when you get home from school today, you are dead. (laughs) I like your mama, you know. So it was what it was. So the whole day, because my dad keeps his problem, my day messed up. Like, man, come on, man. (laughs) You're at the lunch line. You want some chicken nuggets? (laughs) Just put them on there, man. (laughs) Uh, Now, please don't call child protective services on my parents. Good Lord. (laughs) But don't miss the point. Mom and dad kept their promises in the good and in the bad. And we serve a God who does the same. And you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have eternal life, and no man can snatch you out of his hand. That's a promise. But if you reject that free offering salvation, he will reject you. It's a promise. Amen? Amen. Somebody say we serve a God who keeps his promises. I love that. But now we're going to continue to build. We're going to continue to build. Everybody write this down very quickly as point number two is that without God's judgment, without God's judgment, all sin becomes permissible. Without God's judgment, all sin becomes permissible. Right? I mean, ever, uh, let me not do it. Let me, let, me, let me pray for you, boy. Okay. Everybody look down again. Verse 20. In verse 20 in Genesis chapter 18. Listen to this. It says, then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave. I will go down there to see whether they have done all together according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Look back at verse 20 there. He says, because the outcry, that word is zakah in the Hebrew. And it has this word called an aleph in it that comes from your throat like, ah, 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 ah. sounds like you're getting choked. And so I think about now having a little daughter, uh, having a baby. When my daughter's crying, when she's done, she does this like, wah. <laughs> it kind of sounds like, well, are you okay? Is there a demon coming out of there? <laughs> but think about this. I love it. Even in the Hebrew, you could see, he goes, this outcry is so great. It's reached me. And then he says, their sin is great. And that is exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. Everybody, and, and then uh, because I feel like every time we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, even today, a legal term, when you talk about to sodomize someone, that's a legal term. People still have these pictures with Sodom and Gomorrah. And I also feel like, though, people just attach homosexuality to Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all tracking with me? Dang it, I did it. Shout out to the rap. But when he says their sin is great and then very grave, that word grave there in the Hebrew has to deal with a weightiness, a heaviness. And so it's not just homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's all of the sins. You tracking with me? It's everything above and beyond in abundance. Making Vegas look like a little like child's play. You tracking with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sodom and Gomorrah at this time. And so God being a just judge, and what does he say about sin, especially when it is exceedingly above and beyond great? It's all punishable by death. So God, then being a just judge, shows up and says, the outcry has reached me, and I'm here to see what's up. 
I just have to point this out one more time too. You know, this word outcry there, uh, another time where this shows up is in Genesis chapter four of the story of Cain and Abel. You know, Cain slew Abel and then God shows up in the garden and he looks at, a- he looks at Cain and he says, the outcry of your brother has reached me. So it's crazy when this outcry is happening and the boss shows up, there's been a, well, he's been to be about that action. You know what I'm saying? Something is about to go down. Because what happened to Cain? Out the garden, out of the garden. And we all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, but you know what I'm saying? When the judge shows up, it's going down. So we need to understand this, is that, all, that, uh, is that without God's judgment, all sin becomes permissible. To help us illustrate this a little bit, um, just recently, and this thing, I mean, it was like maybe during COVID, uh, right before, uh, there was just this huge amount of luxury high-end stores getting robbed. They were getting robbed by like crazy amounts, and it was because there was a new rule that was recently implemented called the no chase rule at a store, at a mall. So if you're in uh, whatever, Louis Vuitton or Dolce Gabbana, whatever it is, you go in there, you can grab a bag and then start running out, and they can't chase you, right? <laughs> All the students are like, yo, mom, take me to the mall real quick after this. What are we doing? You know, what you couldn't chase, they couldn't chase you. And so you should, you know, if you go through and just look, Google it. It was crazy. All over, all over, people were rushing in these stores and stealing stuff. But here's why they were doing this. It didn't seem like there was going to be any action happening right there in the store. And so it's like all sin without God's judgment is permissible. It's like the parent who's like, uh, who's like uh, you know, they do that thing like, well, sit down, little Johnny. And if you're this parent, I'm not, I'm not blazing on you. God bless you, you know. But sit down, little Johnny. Johnny, one, two. Little Johnny's looking at you like, you ain't finna do nothing. I'm chilling. So then his sin becomes permissible. You tracking with me? Yeah, yeah, that's why I keep praying for me. But if you see me dropping an elbow on my dog, no, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm like, little girl, sit down in Jesus' name. I'm playing up. That's my dog, though. That's my dog. That's my dog. Yeah, yeah. I haven't cried to sing to so many times in all my life since I have a daughter. God bless. But, but you see that without that, all sudden then just becomes permissible. You're tracking? And I want to move this a little further because can I tell you the biggest, 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 biggest sin of all? The biggest sin of all is rejecting the Savior. That's the biggest sin of all is rejecting the Savior. And God slaughtered his son. I got a little girl, and I haven't even experienced nothing yet. I'm not killing my daughter for no one. And God slaughtered his son for everyone. Yeah, bro, I got to, yo, I have to make some reactions here. I have to be about that action. But I want to help build up on this, that uh, that without um, God's judgment, all sin is permissible, and really show how God feels about this. Look at this. This is found in Matthew chapter 10, and this is out of the words of Jesus' own mouth. Y'all listen to this. Matthew chapter 10. And quickly turn there, Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 11. Jesus, he has the 12 disciples, or he has the disciples, and he's getting ready to send them out to go and to preach the gospel, the good news, right, that God has sent a Savior. And look at his response here. Look what Jesus says to them and commands to them, verse 11. And whatever town or village you enter and you find, uh, and you find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart, verse 12. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace rest upon it. 
But if not, if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Verse 14. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. I love that that joint is gangster. I got an old pastor friend of mine who was in a town and that thing, and everybody put him out because he's preaching the gospel. And like a G, he got picked up by the police. He took his shoes off and held them up high and smacked them and set them right there on the ground and got in the car. I was like, that's gangster right there, bro. Like, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ask me what the name of the town is. I don't know. It's not there no more. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Y'all like, what was your boy's name? Hold up. <laughs> But listen to this part right here. Here's what I love. Verse 15, underline that high score, whatever you need to do. Verse 20, verse 15, it says this. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for this town. If you haven't read this, we'll go through and learn later. But the judgment that came on Sodom and Gomorrah, you can still see it till this day. Just go on and Google uh, uh, modern day Sodom and Gomorrah location. It's important to type in location, parents. That way you're not, the kids ain't coming back and looking at me crazy. If you just type in modern Sodom and Gomorrah, you're going to see something else. God bless. But you can see the location, everything there till this day. The sand, the, how the salt pillars and all these things are. You can see all that. All still there till this day. And what was Jesus saying to them? Bruh, Sodom and Gomorrah, their wickedness, they rejected God all over. And look at how he did. And now people know who the Savior is? Oh, it'll be worse for you than it will be in the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Without God's judgment, all sin becomes permissible. Just do what you want to. But now here's the one thing that I want to encourage us with, though, is you just got to keep it real. You don't need to, you don't got to be no theologian. You don't got to go way over the top to tell people about Jesus. Y'all tracking with me? Because we understand this. Bro, if you're in sin, judgment's coming your way. I just need to warn you to flee from the wrath to come. And it makes me think of, there's a story of this, uh, of a, uh, a young preacher, and this guy, he had preached on Revelation, this young preacher did. He preached on Revelation, and then at the end of his sermon, someone came up and they asked him a question. Now, I, I must warn you, I must admit, uh, this preacher is from London, and, uh, you know, I know where I'm going with this. God bless. I know everybody's sick of it. Shout out to my boy, Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> Keep praying for your boy. But look at this. Here's what Spurgeon had to say. You can put it up on the screen, that Spurgeon quote. Listen to this. A man walks up to me. This is after he had preached that sermon. And he says, can you explain to me the seven trumpets of Revelation? No. But I can blow one in your ear and warn you to escape from the wrath to come. I love that quote. Because it's so simple. Don't get caught up in all the craziness. Just know his judgment's coming and you need to run. Amen? And give your life to Jesus. Amen? I love that. It's plain and simple. So listen, family, you got to understand, we serve a God who keeps his promises. And that boy, without God's judgment, all sin is just permissible. We just do what you want to do. Live life. Why come here? Tracking with me. You got to have some help there. But then write this down as your third and final point. I love this. And here's where we can come up for air now, praise God, is that with God's judgment, mercy is extended. Let the church say amen. Come on, man. Come on. We out the, we out the, we out the miry muck there. Now listen to this. Everybody look down at verse 22. This is God's grace being extended in the midst of judgment. Verse 22. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. 
But Abraham stood before the Lord. So now you have to imagine, it's these three, the two men walk into the town, and Abraham and God Almighty, the judge, they stop, and now they're going to have a conversation. Abraham drew near and said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Will you really do that? Look at this. Uh, Verse 24, suppose that there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away this place and not spare it for 50 righteous who are in it? If there's 50 righteous people there, will you not, will you, will you stop? And then look, look, this Abraham trying to, you know, do some, uh, some, uh, what's that? Some, yeah, yeah, some psychology, reverse psychology on God. Like, come on, bro. But look what he says here. Far be it from you to do such a thing, right? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Here it is. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place. For their sake. Let the church say amen. That's my little daughter. Come on. She's she like, ugh. <laughs> this will make her nervous. I'm like, let the church say amen. Come on, man. Yeah, yes, Lord. And so uh, you have to imagine now then, very simply, God is there to judge this town. And I mean, he's the judge, the, the big boss. And, uh, you know, some of y'all know my life story. Before I came to Christ, uh, you know, I made money that, well, now we live, so I can't even say that. But I made money that, you know what I mean, you know, God bless. Recorded, not recorded by the government, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the port of Miami. Pray for your boy. No, over, over in my life, no. But there was a big, 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 big boss. And I had lived that life for a while, being stupid. And I only saw that big boss twice. And when that boss showed up, things were going down. And this is a naturally earthly, wicked thing. Now imagine our great, great God who knows all things. So when he shows up, it's something's going down. The big boss has to leave. He shows up. But now look at this. Abraham goes, but bro, what if there's 50 righteous? He goes, oh, I won't destroy it if there's 50 righteous people there. You see, that's God's mercy. You see God extending mercy there? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's extending his mercy. And then you're going to see the the rest of this play out. But before I I play this out, I want to just stop and encourage my prayer warriors in here. We have any intercessory or prayer warriors in the house? Make some noise across all of our campus. You're a prayer warrior. You're a prayer warrior. I want to encourage you because if I could preach this sermon on something else, I would preach it on intercessory prayer and I would use this conversation right here. I would use this conversation right here. Because... Abraham and God, they're going back and forth, and there's a lot that Abraham models for you and I that we can use in our life. So I want to just put it up on the screen. You guys can take a picture of this. You can put this up on the screen. But here's what I want you to see and notice. Number one, Abraham came with boldness to God. He came with a boldness to him. And you know why the boldness came? Because they already had a relationship. Side note to my ladies, if you're looking for a man, I like how Pastor Carlos said it, don't marry potential. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Mary, potential. He has the potential to really know God. If the boy ain't reading now, ice him. You know what I'm saying? You need, come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to know a man who has a relationship with God where he can be like Abe and be bold, right? Because God's like, hey, I'm going to judge this town. He's like, what if there's 50 righteous there, though, bro? Help me out. And now they're about to have a conversation. So, number one, you have to go to him with boldness. And then look at this. He had a conviction when he talked to him. 
Because he's going to, and you're going to see it, but he goes, won't the judge of the earth do us right? He had a conviction that God would do the right thing. Amen? Yes, when you're talking to God, you need to be, you need to be convinced, convicted that he will do what's right, even if you don't like the answer. Even if you don't like the answer, he's going to do what's right. And then have the conviction that he hears you, right? He wasn't like, oh, God, well, oh, boy. He knows God hears him, right? And then thirdly, you'll see there is that he prayed with fervency over and over and over. That's why I shout out to my prayer words. You can't get tired. You have to go over and over, over and over. 50, uh, what about a few more? What about, uh, uh, you have to keep going over and over and over and over. Build that muscle of prayer, amen? amen. And then lastly, I love this. Gotta stay humble. He kept it humble. He knew who he was before God. One of my most favorite Scriptures are one of my most favorite books is found in Ecclesiastes. And I love one thing. He says, when you go to the house of the Lord, shh, because God is God and you are not. Sometimes it's good to just sit there in his presence and drink it in, right? And it keeps us humble, amen? And you're going to see in Abraham's prayer time and this time with God, he displays all these things. All right, that's my side note. Let's continue on. <laughs> Pray for your boy. All right, so then here we are. Abraham then says this, verse 27. Abraham answered, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I am dust and ashes. You see that humility there? And then he goes, I'm dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if 45 are there. And then again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. <laughs> he working it out. I mean, well, let me see. Uh, yeah. And he answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Grace. What about 40? I won't do it for 40. Grace extended. Then he goes, verse 30. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, behold, I've undertaken to, uh, and he goes, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Verse 31. Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. You see, you see the fervency? You see the humility? You're like, Lord, I shouldn't even be talking. What about 20? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just imagined this. I shouldn't be talking right now. Can you get, what, about, what about 20? Okay, okay. And then watch, look. Look how God answers him. Oh, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Verse 32. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet again, but this once I'll stop after this. Suppose there's only 10 found there. And he answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. <laughs> and the Lord went away, and he finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. I don't know why this conversation makes me just think of this. You know, like a conversation between two friends. You know how sometimes you like have that thing where you're like, hey, man, you're going to be there? And you're like, yeah, I'll be there. And you're both looking at each other like, you know I ain't going to be there. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what happened here. Like, well, what if there's 10 righteous there, Lord? God's like, man, if there's 10, I got you. But I'm here, ain't I? I'm here. And just as a side note, do you know what? Because I'm gonna, let me just read it really quickly. Everybody jump down to verse 19. And look, 
Verse 23, the sun had risen on the earth, and when Lot, his nephew, came to Zorar, the small place, the Lord reigned, the Lord, the Lord did this. Not a natural calamity like we read in uh, what I, like what I told in the beginning. The Lord reigned out of heaven, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities in the valley and the inhabitants and all the cities and what grew on the ground. And then I'll stop and we're going to hear that next week. But do you see this? God said, yo, if there's 10 righteous in the city, I won't do anything. And just as a side note, all that needed to do, you know what Lot needed to do? Get his family saving, two neighbors. That's all he needed to do. Trisha Gossel to his family, two neighbors. Solomon Gomorrah is a still beautiful city till this day. That was it. But nothing happened there. So just as a side note, I want to make a challenge to all of us in here. You don't got to be theologians, like I was saying, and it don't take much to blow the trumpet to warn people to flee the wrath to come, amen? You know, uh, this is shameless, shameless, shameless plug while I'm running out of time here. You know, next week, we're having a pop-up event for our downtown campus. Come on, somebody. And what this is, is, uh, yeah, yeah, bless the lamb. You can be excited about that. But can I tell you? What this event is about, what's happening here, we're just gathering people together. We're gathering people together who understand God's judgment. Because if you've been in the city, whew, whew, it's a wicked place. I'm telling you, I was on my way to church this morning at 7 a.m., and the line around club space was crazy. <laughs> crazy. 7 a.m. It's like, y'all been all night. <laughs> I don't know why I did the moves, Lord. I'm going to get roasted the rest of my life for all the black people. Dang. <laughs> uh, but it's wicked. And so what's happening next week is that we're getting together as a family. We're all going, hey, I'm going to own this area. I'm going to own this area. Because we all want to push back the gates of hell and warn people to flee the wrath to come. Amen. And let them know that they can find forgiveness and grace in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, listen, I, I'm going to just close here, family. I want to close with this story. As we're speaking of God's judgment, I'm telling you, he's a just God. He can't lay out a rule and not fulfill it. All sin must be punishable by death. You understand? It must be punishable by death. And I love it because then he therefore then sent his son. Someone took on the punishment. And it makes me think of a story, a very famous story we've heard many a times of a king. And this king, he had a great, great kingdom, and he ended up passing away, and then his son then takes place. And so now it is the prince ruling, who is now the new king, and his mom, the queen. And so they're there, and they're reigning, and they're ruling in the kingdom. And would you believe it, over a year, the king then finds out that money has been stolen from his treasury. Over this whole year, all the money has been stolen. A good chunk of the money has been stolen. And so then the king then issues a decree. When I find the person who has been stealing from the kingdom, we will publicly post them and they will receive 99 lashings. You're not surviving this, right? You're not surviving this. And so as time went on, there was, search, there was a big search throughout the kingdom and they finally found the culprit who was stealing all the money. And would you believe it? 
It was the queen. The young king's mother had been stealing all that money. But what's he look like if he just lets it pass? All sin is permissible. Everybody's going to steal. So then you know what he does. There was the public day there. Ties his mother up on the podium, naked around this whipping post. And as the man is standing back, ready to whip this king's mother, because, I mean, she, she stole. As he draws back on the whip, you hear from a distance, stop. And everyone in the crowd looks around, and they realize that the king is standing. And he says, wait. And he takes off his robe and exposes his body, naked like his mother, and walks down off of his throne and heads to that podium, that platform, that whipping post where his mother is, and he covers her. And then he turns to the man with the whip and says, strike. Do you get the image? He covered his mother. But someone still paid. When you and I follow Jesus Christ, we are covered. But he died. Someone paid. And so here's the thing that I want to encourage all of us in here with today. You need to give your life to Christ. And if you're in here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, the scriptures are very, very clear that God will read every single thing that you and I have ever done in our life. Every single thing that we have done. And if you are found lacking and without Christ, can I tell you it's judgment for you on the spot. But the beauty is, is that we are here today in this moment in time and God can read off everything that you've done in your life. And if you give your life to Christ today, then he will read, I have placed all your sin, everything that you've done, all your and I've placed all that judgment on my son, Jesus Christ. He has then paid your sin. He has been judged on your behalf. And so now, therefore, enter into my rest. Amen and amen. And so that's what we want to do right now. Those of you on, across all of our campuses, those of you watching online, listening online, whatever it may be, we want to give you this opportunity right now to escape the wrath to come. Yes. And so everybody, if you could in here, please bow your heads with me. Lord, you know each and every person in this place and what's going on in their lives. I do ask now that you would be with those who are in this room. And I'm even going to ask right now, uh, um, <clears throat> my dog, Carlos on the keys, just to stop the keys for a moment here. And we had talked about this. And here's why I want it to be silent in the room. is because when you stand before God, ain't no music, ain't no choir, just you and the judge. And so here's what I want to do. If you're in here today and you're going, brother, I want to flee from the wrath to come. I want to give my life to Christ. I want Jesus to pay, take on my judgment, my penalty, my sin, so that I can freely have new life in him. Here's what I want you to do. Just raise your hand where you're at, in your seat, across all of our campuses. Raise it. Raise your hand high. Beautiful, beautiful. I see you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I see you. Raise it high. Beautiful, beautiful. I see you in the balcony. Beautiful, beautiful. Hands down. Very quickly, we just want to pray with you. And church family so that they don't feel alone and that they know that we are a family. Can we all say these words together? Amen? 
Amen. Here we are. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood. I confess my sin to you. And I follow in your ways. Lord Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church family. Come on, church family. We have people in here today. Give their lives to Christ. Escaping the judgment of God. Fleeing the wrath to come. That's why we do this. That's why we're here. Come on, somebody. Amen and amen. Well, hey, listen. If that was you in here today and you raised your hand across all of our campuses, we don't want you to walk out of here without having some help from us, amen? And so listen, at, our, at all of our campuses, at the Next Step booth, we have a free Bible, free 99, with a Bible reading plan in there just for you. And we have a small group that we can get you involved in. We want to help you succeed, amen, in the kingdom of God. And so listen, church family, it's such an honor and a privilege to be with you all. I love you all. And I shout out to my dog, Pastor Mark. I love God. And I love you, Christ Fellowship. We'll see you guys next week.